What is up, ladies and gentlemen? And we are back at it again with another episode of Time Out with Tony. I am your host, Tony. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm judging by the title. Yes, we are remaining in the MCU for now. Uh, and this time, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a look at the fourth film in the MCU. And that is Thor. Oh, yeah, bitches. We're taking a look at the hammer-slinging, good-looking dude that... Chris Hemsworth is, I just, uh, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, yes. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be reviewing the first uh, Thor film. It's the first of four. It was uh, followed by Thor the Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, and a current fourth one titled Thor the L Love and Thunder or some shit like that. What is it? What is it? Um, Thor Love, yeah, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, which is actually in development and set for a 2022 uh, release date. Anyways, um, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to be doing, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be going over the first Thor film ever. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to say thank you guys so much for the support. Couldn't have thank you guys. I mean, couldn't um, couldn't have done this without you. We couldn't be where we are right now. We're almost at 400 plays. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, 400 plays. In, in six months, 400 plays. That's not bad if you ask me. Um, in terms of like the long run, we, yeah, maybe it's kind of bad, but for it to be a beginner, for, for it to be starting barely, it's, it's not bad. All right. Hope our numbers go up. Trust. And, and I'm judging by what I have planned soon. I'm pretty sure they will. Um, just a quick reminder. We are down to our final 12 episodes. 12 or 13 we have 12 or 13 episodes left in the year 2020 and for this season um well we'll get into it more when we get closer to uh episode 60 but for now ladies and gentlemen let's just enjoy the time we got um anyways uh yeah personally i really don't have much to say on thor my personal thoughts on thor because i mean thor is just there you feel me for me he's just there i grew up mainly on Captain America, Spider-Man, um, Black Widow, and who else? Who else did I grow up on? Hulk. Those are the only four MCU heroes that I grew up watching that I actually enjoyed. Um, but not not so much with Thor. In my opinion, Thor, I think, is like the second, my second least favorite of the original six. So, yeah. Um... Frankly, watching the first two Thors, I was kind of like, ah, "This is boring." I feel like I feel like sleeping because I mean, this isn't this is really this is this wasn't really something that I was used to. But then I'm like, "No, this is for your review. You have to watch it. Fucking watch it." And he, here we are. <laughs> um, I really had trouble watching it because I mean, Thor isn't really. It's not really one of my favorite favorites it's not really my fit one of my favorites and um yeah uh if i had to rank this out of all the 20 uh, out of all the 22 mcu films i probably rank this the definitely not past the halfway mark probably halfway to below because i mean again i didn't really like it but uh if i had to choose all four i mean three thor films i choose the third one because that one's really one that i enjoyed a lot 
But again, the first two, they really didn't interest me, but I'm not going to really get into that. Uh, I'll get into it when we review it. But um, yeah, apologize for you Thor fans. I'm sorry, but Captain America is my shit, bro. It's my shit. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Why don't you guys go ahead, kick back, relax, crack open a beer, soda, or water, and relax, my friends, because this is Thor. He do be walking around with the hammer, though. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you new to our podcast, here's how the situation goes. First off, we go a little bit into a premise, take a look at the plot itself, give it our rating, personal opinions, why we give it that rating. And then we go behind the scenes, take a look at the development of the film, how it did at the box office, and the impact it's had on the MCU. Um, yeah. For those of you that do not know, Thor is a 2011 American superhero film that is based on the Marvel character, Marvel Comics character of the same name. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Paramount Pictures, it is the fourth film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, aka the MCU. The film was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Branagh. I like that to say Branagh, and was written by the writing team of Ashley Edward Miller. And Zach Stentz, along with Don Payne, and we and the film sees Chris Hemsworth as the titular titular character. Alongside him, we got Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston, Stellan Skarsgård. I think that's how you pronounce the name. I literally had to research him, take a look at him, and say, "Hmm, how do you pronounce it?" And it's Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. He's it's it's Swedish. Confior, Ray Stevenson, Idris Elba, Kat Dennings, Rene Russo, and Anthony Hopkins. Uh, basically, it goes a little something like this. It goes, after reigniting a dormant war, Thor gets banished from Asgard to Earth, stripped of his powers, and his hammer, Mjolnir. As his brother Loki t- plots to take the Asgardian throne, Thor has to prove himself worthy. Sam Raimi, director of the original Spider-Man trilogy, first developed the concept of a film adaptation based on Thor in the year 1991, but soon abandoned the project, leaving it in development hell for several years. During this time, the rights were picked up by various film studios until Marvel signed Mark Protoschreich to develop the project in the year 2006 and planned to finance it and release it through Paramount. Matthew Vaughn was assigned to direct the film for a tentative 2010 release, however, However, after Vaughn was released from his holding deal in 2008, Bernal was approached and the film's release date was rescheduled to 2011. The main characters were cast in 2009 and principal photography took place in California and New Mexico from January of 2010 to May of that same year. The film was converted to 3D in post-production. 
Thor first premiered in Sydney, Australia on April 17, 2011 and was released to the United States on May 6 as part of the Phase 1 of the MCU. The film was a financial success, earning $449.3 million worldwide and was positively reviewed for its uh, performances, although the Earth-based elements of the film received some criticism. Two sequels have been released since then, Thor The Dark World, released in 2013, and Thor Ragnarok, released in 2017. A fourth film, Thor Love and Thunder, is in development and is set for a 2022 release date. Alright, let's get into the, to the story. Our story opens up in 965 AD. Odin, the king of Asgard, wages war against the frost giants of Jutheim, Jutheim, Jotheim, Jotunheim. I really should have practiced reading this before. Jotunheim, 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 and the leader Lofi. Is that how you pronounce it? Lofi, Lofi, Lofi. What is it? How do you pronounce it? It doesn't say how the fuck to pronounce it. It's okay. I'm just gonna call it Lofi. If I pronounce it wrong, please correct me. Anyways, uh, Odin, the king of Asgard, wages war against the frost giants of Jotunheim. Jotunheim. And their leader, Lofi, to prevent them from conquering the nine realms, starting with Earth. The Asgardian warriors defeat the frost giants in Tonsberg, uh, Tonsberg, Norway, and seize the source of their power. I totally mispronounced Tonsberg. I'm not supposed to pronounce the R. Tonsberg, Norway, and seize source of their power, the Casket of Ancient Winters. We flash forward to the present. Odin's son, Thor, prepares to ascend to the throne of Asgard, but gets interrupted when frost giants attempt to retrieve the casket. Against Odin's order, Thor travels to Jotunheim to confront Lofi, accompanied by his brother Loki, childhood friend Sif, and the warrior and the warriors three, Volstag, Fandral, and Hogan. A battle ensues until Odin intervenes and saves the Asgardians, destroying the fragile truce between the two races. For Thor's arrogance, Odin strips his son of his godly power and exiles him to Earth as a mortal, accompanied by his hammer, Mjolnir, now protected by an enchantment, enchantment that allows only the worthy to wield it. I'm worthy! Thor lands in New Mexico where astrophysicist Dr. Jane Foster, her assistant Darcy Lewis, and mentor Dr. Eric Selvig find him. The local populace finds Mjolnir, which S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Phil Coulson soon commandeers before forcibly acquiring Foster's data about the wormhole that delivered Thor to Earth. Thor, having discovered Mjolnir's nearby location, seeks to retrieve it from the facility that S.H.I.E.L.D. has constructed, but he finds himself unable to lift it and is captured. With Selvig's help, he is freed and resigns himself to exile on Earth as he develops a romance with Foster. <laughs> Loki later then discovers that he is Lofi's biological son, dun, 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 and was adopted by Odin after the war had ended. Loki confronts Odin, who rarely falls into the deep Odin sleep to recover his strength. Loki takes the throne in Odin's, Odin's stead and offers Lofi the chance to kill Odin and retrieve the casket. Sif and the three warriors, unhappy with Loki's rule, attempt to return Thor from exile, convincing Hemidal, the gatekeeper of the Bifrost, that, uh, which is actually the means of traveling between worlds, to allow them to passage to Earth. Aware of their plan, Loki sends the Destroyer, a seemingly indestructible automaton, to pursue them and kill Thor. The warriors find Thor, but the Destroyer attacks and defeats him, prompting Thor to offer himself instead. Struck by the Destroyer, struck by the Destroyer and near death, Thor proves himself worthy by his sacrifice to wield Mjolnir. The hammer returns to him, restoring his powers and enabling him to defeat the Destroyer. Sorry. 
He kisses Foster goodbye and vowing to return, he leaves with his fellow Asgardians to confront Loki. Meanwhile, in Asgard, Loki betrays and kills Luffy, revealing his true plan to use Luffy's attempt on Odin's life as an excuse to destroy Jotunheim with the Bifrost Bridge, thus proving himself worthy of his adoptive father. Thor arrives and fights Loki before destroying the Bi Bifrost Bridge to stop Loki's plan, stranding himself in Asgard. Odin awakens and prevents the brothers from falling into the abyss created in the wake of the bridge's destruction. Destruction, sorry. But Loki apparently commits suicide. Emphasis on the apparently. By allowing himself to fall when Odin rejects his pleas for approval. Thor makes amends with Odin, admitting, admitting that he is not ready to be king. Meanwhile, on Earth, Foster and their team search for a way to open the portal to Asgard. And that, my friends, is Thor. That, 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 that. Post credit scene. It's a Marvel movie. In the post credit scenes, we see that Selvig is taken to a shield facility where Nick Fury opens a briefcase and asks him to study a mysterious cube-shaped object, which Fury says may hold untold power. An invisible pro an invisible Loki prompts Selvig to agree, and he does. The end. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what a story. Now notice the cliffhanger, and uh, no notice on the Loki part. This isn't for his first time dying. Although I think the only time when I think Tom Hiddleston is actually acting is when he pretends to die in these movies. I think. Anyways, all right, ladies and anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the the moment of truth, the moment you guys have been waiting for, our rating of Thor. On a scale of one to ten, I give Thor a. An 8 out of 10. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have to give it an 8 out of 10. The third highest rating we could give it in our series. Why, you may be asking. Well, let's first off, let's start as to why we give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, why we give it such a high score. Um, Chris Hemsworth. For starters, fucking Chris Hemsworth, bro. The guy knows how to act. And I'm pretty sure if I, if I was stuck in one of those CGI films... Where I had to have a hammer, it I would totally not look convincing. But Chris Hemsworth makes it look so fucking convincing. I mean, he just reaches his hand, and all of a sudden, shoom, he has a fucking hammer. Not a lot of people. You'd be surprised at the amount of people that can't really do that. So, again, Chris Hemsworth, bro. Another reason why would be the the plot, just the plot itself, the family drama, the fact that Thor was had to be sentenced. I mean, that, that, the fact that he was sent to live in exile on Earth was pretty cool, in my opinion. You know, I love a good comeback story. And yes, although, sorry, <clears throat> although he doesn't, it doesn't really look like he redeems himself at the end of the movie. Well, he kind of does, but at the same time, he really doesn't. Because, I mean, he redeems himself because, well, he's able to pick up Mjolnir again. He can't, he couldn't pick it up at the beginning, and now he can't. But at the same time, he didn't really redeem himself because he's like, no, I'm not fit to be king. I need to get out of here. And well, you'll see, bro. It's a recurring topic. But at the first, uh, it's a recurring topic. And I'm, frankly, I'm kind of sick of it. But at first sight, it was really, it was a good topic. It was a recurring, it was a good recurring theme. Um, it was, it was, it was good. It was good. Um, let's see. Why else? Oh, right. Just the, the, the cast. Tom Hiddleston as Loki is just, frankly, one of the most 
best things I've seen in my life, in my opinion. And I have a lot of friends that would agree with me and say, oh my god, Loki, fuck yeah. Now, I'm not with that strange group of Marvel cinematic fanboys and girls that worship Loki Lee like he's a, like he's, he's a sugar daddy. I'm not. But at the same time, I kind of am. Even though I don't know the first thing about Loki, I just really think he's kind of a, he's a bit of fun of a bit of a funny character. And although in the first Thor film he doesn't really look like it, in the other films I I really found him funny, especially in um, Thor Ragnarok. Fucking hilarious, bro. Fucking hilarious. But yeah, that's another reason why I give it a high rating because Tom Hiddleston as Loki, straight up fire. Um, the plot itself, again, 10 out of 10. I mean, 8 out of 10 because, well, who doesn't love a good comeback story? Who doesn't love a good redeem yourself story? As I said before, it's a good redeeming story. Really proves himself that he's still worthy at the end of the movie, which, again, is, is really cool. Um, just overall, the impact it had on the MCU, it brought in one of the, one of the fan favorites. Right, and uh, personally, when I first watched this movie, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, all I knew that uh, was Thor's just some hammer wielding fellow who knows how to kick ass. Something about th- he has something to do with thunder. His brother's a bit of annoying, annoying prick. But then when I watched the film, I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking oh, this is great. Um, CGI, another reason. Uh, Marvel Studios always seems to outdo themselves in terms of CGI. They always make it look extremely fucking real. It's not that voodoo garbage shit you see on TV or or on other low budget films. It's that top top shot of shit, bro. That that primo primo quality. Shit's primo. Fire. And uh, yeah, it's another reason why I give it a high rating. Now, why didn't I give it a complete ten out of ten? Well. Here's, here's how it goes. Um, frankly, I find Thor to be one of the most boring MCU characters of all time. Probably because I'm not really used to the whole mythology. Is, is Thor part of the Greek mythology? Uh, I really don't know. Let me see. Is Thor part of Greek mythology? Uh, no. Norse, Norse myth, he is not considered a god in Greek mythology. However, most mythology, like most mythology, yeah, he's part of Greek mythology. Greek mythology hasn't really, has never really interested me. Um, reminder, okay, whew, that's a good reminder. I sh- ideas for future reviews, Percy Jackson. <laughs> you were about to say the same thing, weren't you? No, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, I've never really been a huge fan of Greek mythology, probably because it bores me. Um, uh, but yeah, I really, uh, that's one of the main reasons the Greek mythology. Um, it feels a bit rushed and kind of boring, in my opinion. Um, boring how well probably the way they speak. I really don't like when people speak old English. You know, tis but to scratch. I really hate it when people like talk like that. Uh, I really hate reading shit like that, trying to comprehend shit like that. I'm like, bro, just speak fucking modern English, bro. Is this the only way we're gonna? Some of us are gonna understand you. Like, I hate when people speak that kind of English. Um, 
again, I felt like the Greek mythology was kind of was a bit rushed. Then again, this is an MCU movie. We got to bring, you got to implement the MCU uh, f- factors into this movie. And that's what made it kind of rushed. They needed to implement these MCU factors. And yeah, well, yeah, it, feel, it felt rushed. It felt extremely rushed. But hmm, what can you do, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, the ending. I, I really like the ending. It's it's a setup for the for the Avengers, which will be reviewed, I think, in the next few episodes as well. Don't worry, we'll get done with the with MCU Phase One uh, as fast as we can before the season is over, for, for sure. Um, again, the ending, the ending. I really like the ending. It sets up uh, plans for well, the Avengers, the the initiative, the Avengers initiative. I like I like it. And uh, yeah, eight out of ten, ladies and gentlemen. All right, production and development. Development for the movie first began when Spider-Man trilogy director Sam Raimi originally envisioned the idea for Thor after making Darkman in the year 1990. He later then met with the late Stan Lee and pitched the idea to 20th Century Fox, but they did not understand it. Thor was abandoned until April of 1997, when Marvel Studios was beginning to expand rapidly. The film gained momentum after the success of the first X-Men, which was released in 2000. The plan, uh, the plan was for Thor to be made for television. UPN was in talks for airing it. Excited by the prospect, they pushed for a script and approached Tyler Maine to play Thor. In May of 2000, Marvel Studios brought Artisan Entertainment to help finance it as a film. But by June of 2004, the project still had yet to be patronized by a studio. Sony Pictures Entertainment finally purchased the film rights, and in December of 2004, David S. Goyer was in negotiations to write and direct. By 2005, though there were talks between Goyer and Marvel, Goyer was no longer interested, though his, uh, this point in the film, this point, sorry, though at this point, the film was said to be distributed by Sony Pictures. Marvel, I mean, Mark uh, Protosvich, Protosvich? No, no. A fan of the Thor comic book agreed to write the script in April of 2006, and the project moved to Paramount Pictures after it acquired the rights from Sony. That year, the film was announced to be a Marvel Studios production. By December of 2007, Protosvich described his plans for it to, quote, be like a superhero origin story, but not one about a human gaining superpowers, but a god realizing his potential it's the story of an old testament god who becomes a new testament god end quote in august of 2007 marvel studios signed matthew vaughn to direct the film vaughn then rewrote protosvich script in order to bring down the budget to 150 million as protosvich's protosvich's first draft would have, would have cost three million 300 million to produce. After the success of Iron Man, Marvel Studios announced that they intended to release Thor on June 4th, 2007. I mean, 2010, with Iron Man 2 being used to introduce the character of Thor. Vaughn was released when his holding deal expired in May of 2008, at which point Marvel set Protosvich to work on a new draft and began searching for a new director. Guillermo del Toro entered talks to direct the film. Del Toro was a fan of Jack Kirby's work on the comics and said that he loved the character of Loki but wished to incorporate more of more of the original Norse mythology into the film, including a, quote, really dingy Valhalla with Vikings and mud, end quote. 
However, Del Toro ultimately turned down Thor to direct The Hobbit. By September of 2008, DJ Caruso uh, had been discussing discussing taking on the project, though he did not read the script. Later that that month, Kenneth... Bitch, why are these names so fucking difficult to to pronounce, bro? Just change your fucking name to, like, Bob or something. Kenneth Branagh entered into negotiations to direct, and by December of 2008, Branagh confirmed that he had been hired. He described it as a, quote, human story, right in the center of a big epic scenario, end quote. Branagh stated that he hoped to begin filming in January of 2010, and Marvel Studios set back the release date of the film from its scheduled July 16th, 2010, date to June 17th, 2011, almost a full year later. They later moved the release date to May 20th, 2011 to distance the film's release from that of Captain America, the first Avenger. Another Marvel Studios film that was scheduled to be released on July 22nd, 2011. In October 2008, Daniel Craig was offered the role, but ultimately turned it down, signing his commitments to the James Bond's franchise. Shaken, not stirred. Sorry. In February of 2009, Samuel Jackson, who had briefly portrayed Nick Fury at the end of the first Iron Man, signed on to reprise his role in Thor as part of an unprecedented nine-picture deal with Marvel Studios. In the same month, a casting call went out looking for actors with a certain physical attribute to audition for the role of Thor. However, in an April 2010 interview, Jackson stated that there that he would not be appearing in Thor. When asked why, uh, Jackson explained, quote, I have no idea. I'm not in charge of making those kinds of decisions. I thought I was. They said I want. I was in the trades. And I was like, ooh, I got a job. I called my agent. He said, nah, you're not in it. I was like, well, shit. They need to pay me if they're going to put my name in it. End quote. Later that month, Jackson revealed that he would be filming a scene for Thor to serve as a con- con- connective tissue for the Avengers. In May of 2009, Chris Hemsworth is in negotiations to portray the titular character after a back-and-forth process in which the 25-year-old actor was refused early on, then given a second chance to read for the part. Hemsworth's brother, Liam, also auditioned for the role, but was passed on by Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige. Kevin McKidd had also been considered for the role. The next day, Marvel announced that Tom Hiddleston, who had worked with Branagh before and had initially been considered to portray the lead uh, role, had been cast as Loki. In June of 2009, Feige confirmed that both Hemsworth and Hiddleston had signed on. Feige mentioned that the film would take place both on in modern-day Earth and Asgard, but Thor's human host, Dr. Donald Blake will not be included. In July of 2009, Marvel announced that Natalie Portman would portray Jane Foster, Jamie Alexander, and Colm Fior uh, were reported to have joined the cast in September, with Alexander portraying Sif and Fior's role unrevealed, though it was uh, thought to be a villain. In an interview with Swedish news sites, I don't know how to pronounce that, Yestad Alejandra, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know pronounce. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry for any Swedish people out there. Stellan Skarsgård, son of a bitch, Skarsgård stated that he had joined the cast, though he did not specify his role. By late October, Anthony Hopkins uh, had been cast as Odin in the film. The following month, Marvel announced that they had cast the Warriors uh, three. Fanrol was to be played by Stuart Townsend. Hogan was uh, supposed to be played by Tad Tad. Tadanobu Asano and Volstagg was to be portrayed by Ray Stevenson. Idris Elba was announced to have joined the cast as well, portraying Hemidal. Natalie Portman revealed that Kat Dennings would be involved in the project, portraying 
Darcy, a co-worker of Portman's Jane Foster. In December of 2009, Rene Russo was cast as Frigga. 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 Frigga, Frigga. Thor's mother and Odin's wife. Later that month, uh, actors Joseph Gatt, Troy Brenham, and Joshua Cox had been cast in the film, though the roles weren't really revealed. In January of 2010, Adriana Barraza, oh, sorry, Barza, uh, had joined the film's cast in a supporting capacity. Only days before filming began, Stuart Townsend was replaced by Joshua Dallas as Fandral, citing, quote, creative differences, end quote. When Spider-Man's Forest production was stalled, Paramount and Marvel Executive Entertainment pushed up the release of Thor by two weeks to May 6, 2011. You see, Spider-Man 4 was supposed to release when Thor was, was to be released. But no, they said, no, we're not going to do this shit. The Science and Entertainment Exchange introduced Marvel Entertainment Kenneth Barna, this quote, the screenwriter, and a few people on the, desi on the design and production side of things, end quote, to three physicists, as well as physics student Kevin Hickerson, to provide a realistic science background for the Thor universe. The constellation resulted in a change in Jane Foster's profession from nurse to particle physicist and the terminology to describe the bifrost. Bridge. In October of 2008, Marvel Studios signed a long-term release agreement with Relay Studios to photograph their next four films, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avengers, and The First Avenger film. At Riley's Manhattan Beach, California facility, Production Weekly reported that the filming on uh, the filming on Thor, a Marvel store, was scheduled to begin in Los Angeles mid-January, then moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico from March until late April. Principal photography first began on January 11th, 2010. A few days after filming began, Clark Gregg signed on to reprise his role from Iron Man and Iron Man 2 as Agent Coulson. In February, Paramount Pictures entered negotiations with Del Mar, California, to use a 300-yard stretch of beach to film the scene for Thor involving six horses running down the terrain. Paramount Pictures said this coastline was ideal because its gradual slope of sand down to the waterline creates excellent reflective opportunities to film. On March 15, 2010, production of Thor moved to Gal Galisteo, New Mexico, where Cerro Pelon Ranch. Where, where, sorry, where Cerro Pelon Ranch. Son of a bitch. Why can't I pronounce these fucking words correctly, bro? Jesus Christ. Okay. <clears throat> pronounce Cerro Pelon Ranch. Ranch. Jesus, fuck. You hear this shit? Jesus. Sorry, a ranch, which was an old-fashioned Western film town, was extensively modified for the shoot. Berna, a fan of the comic book since childhood, commented on the challenge of bridging Asgard and the modern world, saying, quote, inspired by the comic book world, both pictorially and composition compositionally, at once we've tried to find a way to make a virtue and celebration of the distinction between the, um, the worlds that exist in the film but absolutely make them live in the same world. It's about finding the framing style, the cover palette, finding texture, and amount of camera movement that helps celebrate and express the differences between the differences and distinctions in those worlds. If it succeeds, I think it will mark this film as different. The combinations of the primitive and sophisticated, uh, the the ancient and modern. I think that potentially is the exciting fusion and ex exciting tension of the film. End quote. 
By April, the prospect for filming parts of Thor in Del Mar, California had fallen through. Paramount Pictures sent a letter informing the city that it had instead chosen an undisclosed Northern California location to film a beachfront scene for the film. The letter cited coast concerns with moving production too far away from its headquarters and filming wrapped on May 6, 2010, nearly a year before, no, exactly a year before the movie was set to release. In October 2010, casting calls revealed that the film would be undergoing an undisclosed number of reshoots in March of 2011. Scenes involving Adriana Bra Braza were removed from the theatrical cut of the film during the editing process. Verna sent a letter of apology explaining reasons for the cut and desire to work with Braza again in the uh, in the future. In response, Braza stated, quote, It saddens me because the movie is great and because I was acting alongside some tremendous actors that I admire very much. But I understand the nature of the films, and it's not the first or last time that scenes will be cut. End quote. Browser appears only in one scene in the film's theatrical cut. In that same month, Douglas Tate revealed that he performed for motion capture of the Frost Giants. On his hiring, Tate said, quote, I'm 6'5 and I have a lean, athletic build. And they hired guys who were 6'7 and taller and weighed over 250 pounds. When the film was being edited, they wanted to make them even bigger and move faster. He auditioned people again, and Kareth Brana um, chose me to perform the motion capture movements of the of the Frost Giants. End quote. In April of 2011, the IMAX Corporation, Paramount Pictures, and Marvel Entertainment announced that they would have finalized an agreement to release the film in IMAX 3D, continuing the partnership which began on the second Iron Man film. Brana stated that the 3D process initially made him cringe, but said, quote, we came to feel that our that in our case, 3D uh, could be the very good friend of story and character for a different kind of experience, end quote. Although the film was shot in 2D, Feach stated that the, quote, special effects for the film were conceived and executed from the beginning in 3D, end quote. The post-credit scene that sees Nick Fury approach Eric Silvik and ask him to study the uh, Tesseract was directed by the Avengers director, Josh Whedon. BUF campaign served as a lead visual effects vendor working on the film with Digital Domain also providing work on the film. Brenna stated that BUF, who developed the effects for the film through space, were inspired by Hubble photography and other images of deep space. Brenna stated that he spent that he sent paintings from classic studies by J. M. W. Turner to Digital Domain when creating Jodenheim. Peter Butterworth, VFX supervisor and co-founder of Fuel VFX, said the most challenging task was interpreting what the Bifrost would look like. Saying, quote, you can't Google what these things look like. They're totally imagined within the heads of skateholders. So to extract that and interpret it for the big um, big screen was an interesting creative challenge, technically probably creating fluid stimulations that would be art-directed and used for both Bifrost and Odin's chamber shots. Part of, the, part of the screen was an interesting challenge creatively, technically probably creating... Son of a bitch, I repeated that shit. Son of a bitch. You see what happens when you don't space out your lines, kids? Jesus, fuck. Uh, part, part of the difficulty with uh, solving these is that we had to ensure that they would work in, in stereo. Stereo, sorry. Jesus, fuck. Why are these words so fucking hard to pronounce? Jesus, fuck. You guys gotta eliminate this shit, bro. Oh, my God. What was I saying? 
Oh, right. In the film, Odin, Odin enters what is known as the Odin sleep in the chamber to regenerate. Butterworth stated, quote, for Odin's chamber, we developed a dome and current of light rays that hover over Odin's bed. The dome of light suggests harnessed power and energy that revitalizes him as he sleeps. We took a lot of reference from the natural world, such as the corona, corona of the sun and gave the sleep effect plenty of volume and space, end quote. In July of 2010, hold up, okay, we're still on schedule, folks. <laughs> In July of 2010, Marvel Studios held a Thor panel at, two, at the 2010 San Diego Comic-Con International during which Kenneth Branagh, Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Kat Dennings, Tom Hiddleston, and Clark Gregg discussed the film and showed some clips from it. A few days later, the footage was leaked on the internet. The first televised advertisement was broadcast during the Super Bowl XLV on Fox Network in the United States. The rate for advertising during the game was approximately $3 million per 30-second spot. Marvel Studios and Akura launched a joint virtual, I mean, joint viral marketing promotion at the 2011 Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Other official promotional partners included Burger King, Dr. Pepper, 7-Eleven, and even Visa. Damn, imagine having a, a Thor-themed Visa card. That'd be kind of fucking cool. In May of 2011, Marvel's Entertainment President of Print, Animation, and Digital, Dan Buckley, and Marvel Comics Editor-in-Chief, Axel Alonso, rang the NYSE closing bell in celebration of the theatrical release of Thor. A post credit scene in the film Iron Man 2 showed Coulson reporting the discovery of a large hammer in the desert, as we stated in the previous episode. Rick Marshall of MTV News believed it to be the weapon, of Mjol to be the weapon Mjolnir belonging to Thor, writing, quote, It continues the grand tradition of of connecting the film to another prop uh, to another property in development around the Marvel movie universe in the commentary track of Iron Man 2 home media Iron Man 2's director John Favreau stated that quote this is seen from the set of Thor end quote Marvel Animation announced a 26 episode animated series in November of 2008 to air in late 2010 before the release of the stu of Marvel Studios film the company released an animated directed video film Thor, Tales of Asgard, to coincide with the live-action film. Even a video game titled Thor, God of Thunder, based on the film, was developed by Sega using the voices and likenesses of Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Jamie Alexander, and was released on May 3rd, 2011. Alright, let's take a look at the release, how this bitch did at the box office. Thor held its world premiere at the Event Cinemas Theater in George Street, Sydney, Australia on April 17, 2011, with the film opening on April 21st in Australia. Right. The following weekend, it opened in 56 markets, while the premiere at the El Capitan Theater in LA took place on May 2nd, 2011. Thor opened on May 6, 2011 in the U.S. in 3,955 theaters. Uh, 214 of which were in IMAX 3D and 2,737 uh, were in IMAX, a recorded amount, a record amount, sorry. Uh, as said before, the film is part of the first phase of the MCU. Thor earned $181 million in North America and $268.3 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $449. $0.3 million. It was the 15th highest grossing film of 2011. Thor earned $25.5 million on its opening weekend in the United States and Canada, including pardon me, including $3.3 million from Thursday previews for a total of 
for a total weekend gross of 65.7 million, 6.2 million of the gross came from IMAX 3D, while 60% of the gross was from 3D screenings. It became the 10th highest grossing film of 2011 in the US and Canada, and the highest grossing comic book film from May to two to August of 2011. Thor's opening in Australia generated $5.8 million and, play, and placed second behind Universal's, Universal Pictures' Fast and the Furious 5. Yes. Uh, the film's box office was just 1% more than Iron Man than Iron Man opening in Australia in 2008, Marvel's most popular release at the time. The following week, Thor opened in 56 markets and took $89.2 million through the weekend. The film's highest grossing markets were the UK, Australia, and Mexico. The review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes reported a 77 approval rating with an average of 6.71 out of 10 based on 285 reviews. The website's uh, critical contentious reads, quote, A dazzling blockbuster that tempers its sweeping scope with wit, humor, and human drama. Thor is mighty Marvel entertainment, end quote. Metacritic assigned a... A weighted average score of 57 out of 100 based on 400 critics indicating quote mixed or average reviews audiences pulled by cinema score gave the film an average grade of b plus on an a plus to f scale richard cooper's of variety stated quote third door delivers the goods so long as but so long as but is being kicked and family conflict is playing out in celestial dimensions but less thrilling during the norse warrior gods rather than brief bent Brief banishment on Earth. End quote. See what I mean? I fucking hate the North. Uh, the North. The uh, what, what's, what's, it what's it called? Uh, the shit. I forgot what I was saying. Norse warrior god mythology. Fucking boring. I hate it. I don't know how people finding it entertaining. Sorry, but it had to be said. Uh, so. All in all, it did okay for a Marvel movie. They received Teen Choice Awards nomina nominations. They received Scream Awards nominations. They received People Choice Awards nominations. They received Visual Effects Society Awards nominations. They received nominations for the Empire Awards, MTV Movie Awards, and even the Saturn Awards. They only won Best Male Newcomer, um, uh, which went to Tom Hiddleston in, at the Empire Awards. And it won the Best Sci-Fi Fantasy Film uh again at the empire awards and it would have sat won a saturn award for best costumes which in my opinion is really really good the costumes they were kind of fire too should have mentioned that earlier um in terms of sequels they released a second one titled thor the dark world which came out on november 8th 2013 and uh frankly in my opinion is one of the worst films in the mcu if i had to rate it i'd put it all the way at the bottom Sorry, but yeah. Uh, and they released a third one titled Thor Ragnarok on November 3rd, 2017, which in my opinion is my favorite film out of all the Thor films because well, it's goofy for starters and it was kind of funny and I really enjoyed it. And it's definitely in my top 10 of best MCU films of all time. And a fourth film, Thor Love and Thunder, is scheduled for a February 11th, 2022 release. Hansworth and um chris hemsworth is set to return um tessa thompson which was who was in the third film is also set to return natalie portman is set to return after not being in the third film so it should be interesting and whatnot i also heard that chris 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 christian bale is also is also set to appear 
Um, but who knows? Who knows? And uh, as far as the Thor story goes, that's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. And it looks like we're coming to an end. Thank you guys so much for watching. Couldn't thank you guys enough. Uh, let me know what you guys think personally about this Thor film um, and whatnot. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, thank you guys so much for the support. Once again, let's keep those listen those plays up, right? We're almost at 400 plays. That's right, 400 plays. We've dropped 48 episodes, and we haven't seemed to hit 500. Can we hit it by the end of the season? You bet your damn ass we will. We better. Anyways, we've got some good shit planned at, planned in the future for the month of December. I know November was kind of... November went by way too fucking fast. Uh, I know November wasn't really one of our... One of the better months. Uh, in terms of content. But I promise you this. December, I've got so much shit planned out. And I plan, I plan on having a lot more guest appearances. And whatnot. So stick around for that. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Alright. This concludes our episode. Uh, I realize that tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Well, for me, it's Tuesday. But for you guys, you guys are listening to this on a Thursday. For me, it's Tuesday. Uh, please stay safe tomorrow. You know, wear a mask, all that stuff. Uh, if you plan on traveling, please, 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 for the love of God, please stay safe. You know, don't pick a fight with your... Uh, with your family, all right. If your if your racist uncle starts talking about Trump and the election and politics, tell him to shut the fuck up, bro. Honestly, and if they tell you to shut up that you're a kid because you don't know anything, tell him to shut up before you disconnect their uh, life support so you can charge your phone. Um, what else? What else do I gotta say? Just be safe for starters this Thanksgiving, bro. Don't OD on the on that turkey, bro. Enjoy the time you got with your family. Uh, most of all, don't drink and drive, you know, if you drink, for the love of God, stay over at your family's house, I don't care if there's a raccoon living in the basement, stay there, you'll save a life, trust me, you'll save either yours or someone else's, mainly someone else's, um, <laughs> but yeah, please, stay safe, don't drink and drive, and if you do, don't drive, all right, order a fucking Uber or stay at your family's house. I don't care if there's a fucking raccoon living in the basement. Or just, just get an Uber, but just know this. It will be fucking ex expensive. Yada, yada, yada. You know the rest. But, uh, yeah, stay safe. I hope you guys have Thanksgiving. Uh, have someone for Thanksgiving. Hope you guys spend it with someone, not just alone in your room playing Cold War zombies. Or just Cold War in general. Just just don't. <laughs> and, uh yeah, that's pretty much it. Stay safe. Don't drink a drive. Yeah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our episode. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll catch you all in the next one. See ya.